Welcome to the Working Smarter Podcast, presented by Calabrio. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabrio, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Welcome back, everyone. I am very excited about our guest today. Joining us in the studio is Karen Yerkstis, Senior Workforce Analyst with Paychex. I'm sure you're all familiar with Paychex, but if not, they're a HR solutions provider with over 100 locations across both the U.S. and Europe. They operate 24 by 7 with over 1,100 agents, and on a monthly basis, they handle over 300,000 calls, 743,000 outbound emails, and over 1,200 chats per month. So these guys keep busy. Karen developed her well-rounded workforce management expertise by climbing the ranks within Paychex's own contact center operations. She started up with Paychex over 15 years ago and self-trained and honed her skills as an agent before moving into her current role as a workforce analyst, where, among other things, she forecasted contacts in her headcount and managed agent scheduling for 11 years. In her current role, she identifies areas of opportunity for workforce management improvement and then collaborates closely with team leads to implement new and innovative workforce management strategies. Today, we're here to talk to Karen about bringing workforce management principles to a new branch of her organization, and she has some great lessons that she can share with all of us on ways to introduce these concepts to folks who may not be familiar with them. One final note, for those lucky enough to be attending this Calabrio C3 event in San Antonio coming up in less than a month, Karen will be a featured presenter and will be discussing the methods that Paychex uses to create buy-in to their WFM processes. She'll be explaining some tried and true methods that they have used to help their agents understand the whys behind what her team does in order to drive better results. Karen is a great presenter, so this is a can't-miss session for those who will be in attendance. So without further ado... Let's talk to Karen. Karen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us here today and kind of explain your experience, um, talk about kind of your level uh, areas of expertise. I know you've got a lot of valuable information that our listeners, I think, can really benefit from. So uh, on behalf of both me and my listeners, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to sit down with us. So, um, the first thing I wanted to chat with you about was uh, kind of a, a pretty important event that happened earlier this year. So uh, I actually was able to attend the uh, SWPP conference earlier this year and was honored to hear that you uh, were nominated for Workforce Professional of the Year. So that was that was pretty exciting. How did, how did that come about? Yes, um, very exciting, very humbling, but um, absolutely overjoyed about it. Um, I was actually contacted by Calabrio um, and asked, hey, you know, we know you do a lot of work, um, workforce management, you know, a lot of good for workforce management, a lot of work on Calabrio. And would you be um, okay with us um, nominating you for the SWPP Professional of the Year? And of course, I said yes. Um which just, it shocks me. I've always been the person who kind of stays behind the scenes and kind of lets my work speak for itself. So um, it was quite exciting and different for me to kind of be at the forefront as opposed to being behind the scenes, if you will. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, and I think you probably share that same sentiment with a lot of the people that were also nominated along with you. I think that's kind of yeah. common for workforce management people. You don't get a lot of credit uh, for what you do. So that's why the, the SWPP conference is such a great way uh, to get exposure to some of the you know new and innovative techniques that people are implementing within their contact centers. So um, I know that was a was a great event. Although, of course, at the end of the day, um, you were robbed and, and didn't actually know. <laughs> I I might be a little bit biased, um, but uh, uh, the, uh, the everybody that was nominated had great stories and things that they were talking about. So I, I can't even imagine how difficult it is to kind of decide who actually wins that uh, award. But it's kind of the old the old homage, right? It's it's an honor just to be nominated. So it is, it really is. <laughs> and I have the the trophy sitting on my desk, and I love looking at it. And I smile every time, so it's a great <laughs> memory for me. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's great to hear. Well, the the topic for today, the reason I was really interested in having you on, on the podcast is that your organization, again, Paychecks, is going through a fairly significant change. Um, you, you've recently acquired uh, another organization, a fairly sizable organization, and you're you're working now to integrate them into the fold and, and bring them into uh, into your best practices and, and things of that nature. So I thought that would be a really valuable experience to kind of share with the viewers that might be going through something similar or maybe are, are, are introducing uh, workforce management and the principles around that to a group that hasn't hasn't uh, been exposed to it before. Absolutely. Um, so Paychex, um, just within, I'd say, the last couple of months, acquired um, an acquisition, um, and we realized that they would be a great fit to bring on to uh, Calabria Workforce Management for us. Um, and there are about 400 individuals that we would be bringing on. Um, and our challenges are they are going to be considered dual tenant, meaning some of the users are still on Avaya and some of the users are on unified communications, which is what the rest of paychecks is on right now. Um, So we have that challenge, but we also have the challenge as well as they've never had a workforce solution before. So we have to really bring them up to speed quite quickly um, as well as set them up and get them ready to go. So we have a couple challenges ahead of us, but we're definitely ready to face those and excited to face those and, and bring them on with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can I can see the 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 difficulties that that might in, uh, might bring up, but also again the opportunities. It's kind of timely again, as I'm, I'm sure you're aware. Uh, at Calabria, we also recently acquired another organization. We're working to integrate them uh, into into our organization. Of course, we're not necessarily um, they they also sell workforce management uh, software, so it's not necessarily the same thing. We're not bringing a contact center on board, but you know some of the same principles apply. We're trying to b- bring platforms together and and introduce people to technology and and tools that they maybe have never have never used before or been exposed to. So it's a it's an interesting uh, it's always an interesting experience to go through when when you acquire a new business and, and bring additional people into the fold. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll start off with some of the technical challenges. So you, you mentioned off the bat that uh, we've got a couple of different platforms that we're, we're dealing with. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is that you decided because of these multiple platforms, I don't want to uh, uh, take your uh, uh, take too much out of what, what you're about to say, but you 
have approached this from a kind of a unique perspective um, in, in that you have moved to a multi-tenanted solution uh, for your for your actual uh, workforce optimization platform. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the decisions that went in, into that um, and uh, maybe some of the if there's any challenges or, or things that you've learned uh, from moving to that type of a solution uh, on premise. Sure. Um, actually, it's not unique to us, only because um, back in 20, uh, 2017, we actually had um, paychecks within paychecks. We had some of our contact centers still on Avaya and some of them on Unified Communications. We were in the process of um, transferring all of our users over onto Unified Communications, but it was a, a slow process, obviously, because moving big contact centers onto a new platform is not the easiest thing. Um, so we had done it before. It is quite challenging. So we had two different tenants um, within Calabrio. Um, and as an administrator, I think one of the biggest challenges is just trying to keep everybody straight and remembering what uh, switch each person is on or each group is on. Um, so we did go back and forth. We'll do the exact same thing with this um, new group that we're bringing on board. Um, so the administrators and myself will have access to the Avaya tenant as well as the Unified Communications tenant. Um, but then also the challenges start coming in when it comes to reporting um, because we want to obviously have the same statistics for um, each group on both sides, whether they're in Avaya or you see as much as we can. So there's going to be some um, unique ways to do some reporting. Um, in the past, we've exported data and put it together. We're trying to look for different ways so that we don't need to do that. But if we have to, we have to. Um, so it's just kind of a balancing act, if you will, trying to figure out where everybody sits. And then our plan is to bring all of the Avaya users of our acquisition over to Unified Communications at some point. Again, it'll be a slow process um, because trying to introduce a new uh, phone system on top of introducing a WFM system probably isn't the best thing for an acquisition for us. Um, so we will do that slowly. So we also have um, the... I can't think of the right word I'm looking for. Um, the logistics of trying to take... Once everybody's all set up, ready to go, trying to take everybody that's on the Avaya side, once they're ready to go onto the UC side, we're going to have to bring everything over onto the UC side and make sure they're ready to go there. So that's a seamless transition too. Um, so we have a couple challenges, but we've all we've done it before. Um, so we are all up set and ready to go for, for the challenge. And I'm sure it'll be smooth sailing all the way through. Yeah, yeah of course. You won't, won't run into any, any issues at all. It'll, yeah, the implementation will go perfectly. That's, that's always been my experience when people are switching uh, telephone platforms. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't even know why people, why the people pay people to do that for you. It's really easy. Uh, <laughs> a little tongue in cheek there, but um, the, so, so you're dealing with, uh, and, and this is a story I've, I've heard a lot, right? Is you're dealing with, um, really two different areas from a, they're, they're both rooted in technology, but they're kind of interesting from two different perspectives. You have some logistical challenges around say reporting, and I can definitely relate to that, you know, working with a lot of different vendors and a lot of different platforms. It's a lot of times you make assumptions that, you know, this platform is going to record something as simple as say handle time, uh, is going to record handle time one way. 
And another platform might look at it very differently, right? One might include, say, ringing time or hold time, and another might separate those out into an entirely different bucket. So then when you bring your reporting together, that can be a real challenge because you're not necessarily comparing apples to apples and trying to explain that and not only explain it, but also dig down into the root cause and find out what's causing that can be a can be a pretty big challenge. Did you run into in in, in your previous experience doing this? Have you run into anything like that uh, historically? We, we absolutely did. Um, and I think that's where I developed my really strong relationship with my representative at, at, uh, excuse me, Calabrio. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very well versed in Avaya, um, and the calculations in Avaya itself. Um, I didn't know much about the UC side. So there were a lot of questions, um, from the Avaya side of the house of how the data was coming into Calabrio. Um, so literally I would just ask questions and say, okay, how is it this being read? How is that being read? So we have a lot of information from, we did it the first time to apply to now this time. Um, and we try to do the best that we can to call out as much as we can, the differences between the two sides or how something is calculated. Um, we, you know, if it's a report that goes out on a daily basis, there'll be something on the report that will state, you know, something like, please remember, you know, it's calculated this way on Avaya, this way on UC, that's the difference, or, you know, something to that effect. Um, there's also meetings that are held, they could be held daily or, um, you know, bi-weekly or on a weekly basis where that'll probably come up many times um, just to kind of keep it in the forefront of everybody's mind that there are going to be differences just because of the way the two systems kind of calculate, like you said, you know, statistics and stuff like that. So we just try to try to keep reminding everybody. And then if we do get the questions, um, the way that we always address it is we always give them the information. So, you know, if it's a somebody coming back and saying, hey, why isn't this matching? This calculation isn't matching. And um, Avaya and UC will say, OK, well, you know, the calculation is this in Avaya, the calculation is this in UC. Therefore, they're looking at two separate things. And that's why it doesn't match. So we try to give as much as information as we can and try to head off some of those questions before they come. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I mean, I think I think you really hit a key point there in that, you know, you're taking advantage of the resources that are available to you, whether it's, of course, you're, you're working with with my organization, with Calabrio, but really whomever your vendor is from a workforce optimization perspective, these organizations like Calabrio and, and you know, our, uh, other organizations in the space have a wealth of experience working with these different platforms. When you're moving from one platform to another, it's really great to be able to lean on those resources to say, you know, what are maybe some of the, some of the differences, some of the things that we might be running into. And hopefully we can head those things off at the pass. In my experience, you know, there's always going to be something that's going to sneak up after implementation. You're going to find out something a little bit later because, oh, this number doesn't quite look the way I was expecting. And you do a little bit of digging there, but as much as you can get that information ahead of time and, and prepare, prepare people for it, uh, you're going to be much better off. Um, the other area that, uh, again, from a technology perspective that you you touched on is this kind of idea of, of the culture of, of acquiring another organization, right? So you, you mentioned that switching to a new WFO platform and switching phone systems at the same time is a pretty 
big thing to ask of a, of a company that's being acquired. You don't necessarily want to, you know, bring a new organization into the fold uh, and make them feel welcome by taking everything that they know and everything that they're comfortable with and throwing it out the door. Right. So it's kind of good to introduce these things in in a phased way so that they can, you know, ex- kind of get used to this this new process. And then once they're once they're on board with that, now we can start introducing new aspects and new technology that's going to help us you know, ultimately work better as a combined organization while at the same time respecting the, um, you know, the history of that organization. So um, I, I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add about that, but I, I, I really think that's an important part of uh, things like doing an acquisition with another organization is making sure that that organization feels comfortable and, you know, feel like they're respected as they're brought into the organization. That's just so important. You don't want to, you know, scare people out the door right away, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that we definitely keep in mind anytime that we bring in an acquisition is, you know, hey, these guys are new. Um, Let's, you know, make sure that they do feel comfortable. And, you know, we do everything that we can to make them comfortable and answer any questions. Um, You know, and sometimes it takes a you know, a, a call every single day or multiple times a day, but that's okay. Um, because we really want to bring them in and help them understand. And, and like you said, feel comfortable and welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually is a, a great way to segue in to, um, bringing this new group into the workforce management fold is, you know, of course, I think probably a lot of people can relate to this at some point in their career. Workforce management was going to be new to, you know, just about every organization. Some organizations obviously have had workforce management for decades and decades, but, um, you know, as organizations grow and they start to adopt these new principles, um, it, it's kind of interesting. You're bringing on a 400 seat contact center. Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm getting these numbers wrong, but you're bringing on a 400 seat group. That's really never used an actual workforce management platform before. So that's actually kind of um, usually organizations are going to adopt a workforce management platform before they get to that size. That's a pretty big organization um, to be working off of, I, I would assume, spreadsheets and things of that nature that most people are working on before they move to work. work uh, move to workforce management, but maybe talk a little bit about um, you know what are your plans or or how are you how are you approaching the idea of introducing workforce management concepts uh, and principles to this to this organization for the first time. Sure. Um, so this is not the first. Um crew, if you will, or contact center that we've brought on um, that hasn't had a workforce uh, solution. We've had some within paychecks that were never on um, a workforce solution that we actually did bring on into Calabrio. Um, so with that being said, we had one of our business units um, thought, okay, this is not going well when they brought one of the, the new groups over because there were so many different terms and so many things that they needed to learn to They also had different things that they needed to take a look at and watch, and they really had no idea what that was. So they said, okay, what can we do? So what we did is we came together and with my training center, um, we came up with a standardized formal training of um, really what they're going to be seeing Um, what they should be looking for, any trending, anything like that, and kind of walks them through um, the new terminology that they're going to see, like adherence and conformance, um, and kind of 
walks them through literally um, this is what real-time adherence looks like this is the trends that you're looking for um, these are the stats the new reports that you're going to see this is how you you know you should use them these are what you know these are used for and it really explaining all of that um, we also use the approach of live training um, so you know we'll go in as well um, so the the re- the training that I was talking about is a recorded training, but then also myself, I'll go in um, and have a call with, you know, the analysts or the supervisors or the managers or everybody just to answer questions about workforce in general, as well as um, Calabrio, the solution that we use um, to just try to get everybody comfortable. Um, and then once they're live and using the system, um, we have checkpoints with them. Um, I think we'll probably do them bi-weekly for a little bit until they get very comfortable and then kind of back off from there so that they also have the opportunity to ask as many questions uh, as they want of us. Um, so we want to make sure that they know we're there for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And it's it's such a big change that you really need to be there and make sure you're, you're lockstep with them. So it's, even organizations that don't have a workforce management platform, they obviously have some sort of, of process that they're using to give maybe some sort of a rudimentary forecast and, and a rudimentary schedule. But prior to actually implementing a workforce management solution, that's kind of where it ends. It's a forecasting tool it's, uh, that we maybe use. Uh, it's, a, it's a scheduling tool where we give people start times and end times, breaks and lunches perhaps. But Really, when we talk about actually implementing a workforce management platform, it's not just a set it and forget it type of thing. It's a consistent, you know, intraday management, making sure we're monitoring things in real time and that we're monitoring against our goals. So being able to to change the way that you view um, scheduling in that kind of a fundamental way, uh, especially for an organization of that size, has, has got to be a great uh, you know, a, a pretty big change for folks. So I think that's a great idea being able to check with them, check in with them on a regular basis, make sure they're comfortable. I think those are some really key takeaways. Absolutely. Um, so another part of this, of course, is, is actually training your, your folks, uh, training this new organization. We've got, uh, various different stakeholders. We have your contact center managers, your supervisors, uh, and then of course the agents themselves and training them on, on the new platform. That's probably one of the biggest logistical challenges that we have to face, uh, you know, outside of the technology side. Um, and again, you have the benefit of having gone through this before and have, have, have some experience there. What are some of the lessons that you're taking into this new move that are uh, maybe are going to help you uh, uh, make sure that this transition is as smooth as possible for this new group? Sure. Um, so as far as the agents go, um, I pull from when I was an agent in um, what was our biggest contact center um, 15 years ago. That's where I started with paychecks. Um, and I remember that, you know, all of a sudden we had this new system in place that I was told, okay, now your breaks and your lunches are going to be scheduled and you're going to request your time off through the system. And I'm a very go with the flow type of person. So I said, okay, fine, no problem. I can do that. Um, but that's definitely not the way that most people perceive <laughs> workforce. Um, a lot of people, um, I've heard it um, a lot of times when I was an agent, oh my gosh, this is big brother, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved to an analyst role two years after being an agent. And um, 
it kind of, I was left to kind of my own devices to um, learn workforce management because my mentor left very early on when I started to become a mentor. So I was just taking these, you know, as many WebExes as, as I could, reading um, anything I could about workforce management. And I stumbled across a training that explains kind of um, the why of workforce management. Um, it's sure it can be looked at as big brother, but it's not, there's a rhyme and a reason to it. Um, so I kind of developed, um, my own training off of that to really explain to the agents, Hey, this is why your breaks and your lunches are scheduled. This is why when there's 20 calls holding in queue, we tap on your shoulder saying, Hey, can you stop chit-chatting about the game last night and jump in the queue and grab these calls. Um, so we, again, I worked with a training uh, center at Paychex, put a formal training together that really does walk through all of that to really explain um, to the agents, like I said, the rhyme and the reason of workforce management to help get rid of that stigma that it is big brother, we're watching you. Hey, if you have to go use the restroom, sorry, it's not your break time. Um, but we cover stuff like that because those are the things that I remember thinking as an agent and that I heard around me as an agent. So that's what that's the approach that we take. Um, and we also encourage the agents to ask questions. And it's in our training to say, you know, if something doesn't look right or you don't understand something, please ask instead of just assume, because that's how, you know, the rumors start, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to try to get out of, of ahead of that as much as we can as well. Um, so that's been really successful. Um, I know as an agent myself, I think I would have really appreciated that. Um, so that's kind of the approach that we took with that is just reminding ourselves that, you know, some of us were agents and what it felt like um, when, you know, you have this new system thrown at you and you're told, okay, everything is scheduled for you now. It can be a little overwhelming. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I love that you're bringing that personal experience to the table. It's, it's something I think is important in pretty much all aspects of running a contact center is, is looking at things from the perspective of whomever it's going to be affecting the most. And the reality is agents are one of the groups that are impacted the most by implementing a new workforce management solution. And by their, by their very nature, they're going to be a little bit nervous and they're going to get this big brother aspect. It's the same thing when we implement, say, for example, an analytics application where we're monitoring phone calls and listening for keywords and phrases and people start to say, well, you know, do you not trust me? Are you, <laughs> do you think I'm not capable of doing this? And it's not really the point. The point is we are doing this for the benefit of the entire contact center. We're not focused on this one person and trying to catch you doing something bad. We're looking at the big picture and trying to make sure that we're providing the best customer service for our customers as we possibly can at the end of the day. So it sounds like you're introducing concepts like the power of one type of training to, to help people really understand the impact that they have when they aren't doing necessarily what they're scheduled to do. And, and, you know, of course you can use the bathroom. We're not going <laughs> to, you know, you're not going to get in trouble for that. But at the end of the day, we need to overall make sure that, um, you're doing what, you know, you're scheduled to do and, and, doing what we're paying you to do, which is to provide you know service to our customers in, in, in the best way possible. So I, I love that approach. And I love the, the, again, bringing your own personal experience to the table, I think is, is absolutely critically important there. Um, so one of the other areas we talked about agents, let's talk, uh, and we already touched on this a little bit when we were talking about the reporting aspects, but um, from a 
Reporting in a monitoring perspective, again, for the, for the contact center managers, for the contact center supervisors, some of these terms and tech and metrics that we're going to be introducing are relatively foreign concepts, you know, to organizations that don't have a, a workforce management platform, things like adherence and conformance. And, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're paying attention. Maybe some organizations might pay attention to occupancy. That's usually an ACD statistic that people have access to. But when you're introducing these types of metrics to the contact center managers, the supervisors within these organizations, um, do you put any sort of emphasis on any particular areas? Is it, do you just introduce all of the metrics at once and explain how they're important? Um, how, how do you approach that from the perspective of educating the, the contact center managers and supervisors on what they should really be paying attention to and, and maybe what's, uh, there are things that, that aren't necessarily as critical. Sure. Um, I think the way that we approach it is the number one, uh, statistic that most of our contact centers tend to look at as adherence. Um, and that's usually even when we bring in the contact centers that have never had a workforce solution, it's kind of what they're looking for anyway. Um, it's usually the first ask that we get is, hey, can I tell, you know, if people are taking their breaks and their lunches at the correct time or, you know, stuff like that. Um, or they start asking questions about forecasting and then we kind of go into, well, you know, if you have the right amount of people, but you're still not making your service level, let's take a look at adherence. Um, so we kind of take a approach that way and just kind of open up a discussion about adherence, what it is, um, making sure that the agents are, you know, um, adhering, if you will, to their schedule, to their breaks and lunch time. Um, we also give them tools to say, okay, let's take a look for normal patterns and then let's seek out some anomalies. Um, and then also we remind them to engage if they do see something that looks a little off, um, you know, have that conversation with the agent, but don't assume when you see something strange. Um, and then one of the, the phrases that we always use is stay curious. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a learning curve, um, but we try to give them as much information as we can. Um, again, the, the training that we put out there kind of goes through that um, and explains that to them. So we're right there with them really going through the new process so that they are comfortable with all these new things that they're going to be seeing or that they're going to now be asked to speak to, um, you know, to their managers if all of a sudden something's going very wrong, um, you know, workforce and they they look at it and say okay well what trending are we seeing in workforce um so we're definitely not going to leave them out there all by themselves we're right there with them um but it's essentially you know working through it and explaining it um reminding the expectations um and just really working with them through that yeah ab absolutely that's that's excellent i think that's really valuable information for, again, any organization that might be looking to bring in workforce management principles for the next time, introduce workforce management principles to a new uh, branch of their organization for the first time, or again, obviously, uh, that might be acquiring uh, another organization. So um, I think there's been some some really, really valuable uh, insights here. And I, I, I 
think we're really going to, uh, people that are listening to this are really going to benefit uh, from your experience there. So I really appreciate it. It's, it's hard to believe, but we've already been, we've already been talking for a half an hour uh, on this, on this acquisition. <laughs> so the uh, time sure flies when you're, when you're talking about things that you're interested in. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, again, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'd like to, to wrap it up here. And um, uh, of course, as, as people that have listened to the podcast know before, we like to end on kind of a, a, a lighter note, uh, uh, either a joke, uh, a riddle, or a brain teaser. I, I understand you want to share a joke with the with the group. <laughs> yes. So anybody who knows me well, I um, I love joking around. I love laughing. I love cheesy jokes big time. Um, so kind of my like my go to joke to get people to smile or laugh or just kind of even look at me and think, Oh my gosh, that was so stupid. So I'll give you that. So the joke is how do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. (laughs) (laughs) I know cheesy, but it makes you laugh. But in all age appropriate, which is always nice to have. No, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. Well, Karen, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time to sit down and and share your experience. Um, And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you on the podcast again uh, after this acquisition is done and we can see how things are going. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much.